0: You're listening to Healthy Living with Eric Sue podcast, episode number ninety. This episode is sponsored by Eric Sue Insider, an online community where you get advice and tips from Eric Sue on weekly conference calls. Learn more at ericwsue.com/slash-insider and how you can get started. Hey there, it's Eric Sue, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening to my podcast. If you are new, welcome, and if you are a longtime listener. I appreciate your continued support. Did you know your review on iTunes and Stitcher helps grow this podcast? Well it does, so write a review today. Not into writing a review? Then maybe you would like to make a small donation. You can do so by clicking the Be My Patron Podbean link on my podcast page. Finally, helping others is the name of the game, so help a friend by sharing this podcast with them. Let's keep this movement growing. Now on to the show. Health tips and useful wellness advice without the hype. Welcome to Healthy Living with Eric Sue podcast. With inspiring guests and engaging fitness, nutrition, and healthy living topics, you will be entertained and excited until the end. And now, your host, Eric Sue. Hey guys, Eric Sue here. Welcome to another episode of Healthy Living with Eric Sue. We have a knowledgeable and fun personal trainer with us today. His name is Jake Stefanich. We'll be talking about designing your workout to fit your needs. So without any delay, let me introduce you all to Jake. Jake, are you ready to make it happen? I sure am, Eric. Awesome. Jake Thank is. Thank you a- very much for having me. No worries. Jake is a NSCA certified personal trainer. He's also a certified functional movement specialist. He's a USA cycling coach and a BMX coach. Jake that was just a little bit about who you are. Could you share with our audience a little bit more on how you got started?
1: Yeah, Eric, I uh, I just run a gym out in Sandwich, Illinois, which is um about an hour west of Chicago. Um been doing this for several years. I started um got into fitness. I mean, I've always kind of been into fitness since I was a. I remember being a little kid wanting to lift, wanting to lift weights and stuff. Um and then I kind of lost that for a long time. I was kind of a chubby kid growing up and in high school and stuff. And then, uh, I found BMX racing and that was kind of my, my athletic, uh, expression. Um, I, I, I tried basketball and football and all that stuff, but that didn't really fit me, but I, for some reason, dug the BMX, BMX thing and, uh, got into it that way. um. And then I kind of lost fitness for a while, and I picked it back up when I was uh, an older racer and I was trying to do well on the national uh, circuit. So I started learning about fitness and all that stuff, and uh, I got so deep into um, learning about fitness and and, uh, becoming a personal trainer and and all of that that I kind of gave up the DMX and focused more on, on the training part of it rather than even just the riding. That's pretty much it. So that's where I'm at now. I, I, I quit my full-time job as a as a milkman um, to become a, a personal trainer and a fitness instructor.
0: Excellent. Great, great information about yourself. Now, our audience really likes to hear this answer, and the question is, what's one cool or unique fact about yourself?
1: Oof, I don't know if it's cool or unique, but I... I love coffee. I'm kind of a coffee addict and I know a lot of people say that. I, I, I do drink too much coffee, but I turn it into something positive. I like to go to Starbucks after my morning uh, training sessions and not every day, but quite quite often. I'll take my iPad with me and uh, I find that I do my best writing there. So when I'm writing my blogs and stuff like that, I find that I'm much more product there, productive there. Um sit there and drink my coffee, sometimes have a sandwich at Starbucks and uh, and get some writing done and uh, I find that I'm much more focused on that checking Facebook and doing house stuff and so I'll spend a couple hours there and then I'll come home and do some stuff and pick up a kid from school and, and back to work for the evening sessions but yeah so I find uh, I'm to be much more productive there nice. at my my office
0: Excellent, cool and So I call,
1: I call it my office it's my temporary office
0: <laughs> No, I was going to say if, if you don't find Jake at his fitness center you're going to find him at Starbucks probably awesome that's great Um, so let's dive into this here Jake this topic about designing your workout to fit your needs Um, it was interesting how we came to that topic but um, how would you describe um, you know workouts and what do you do specifically yeah Um, so I start by
1: say I have a new person that comes in I start asking them questions I, I find out you know, I'll ask them what their goals are. Um, I'll find out about them, like, you know, are how old are they? Are they married? Do they have kids? All that stuff. You know, because it kind of gives me an idea of how much time they'll have to invest. Um, I ask them, you know, are they there for, are they training for sports? Are they just training, uh, you know, just for fat loss? All those things are, are factors into it. Um, I'll ask Let's see. Like, what kind of what kind of exercises do they like? Have they exercised before? Do they have mm-hmm. you know experience with weightlifting? All those things. So it kind of helps me uh, understand where they are, what they're going to need um, as as we proceed in building out these um, these programs. You know, you don't want to design a program for an athlete uh, that was you know designed for a general population mm-hmm. client or something and vice versa so that's where I start um you know and then it goes into from there just splits and you know your mind starts to put this little piece the pieces of the puzzle together are they going to be like one-on-one clients are they going to be in my small group clients uh, or small group classes because that's a that's a big, big difference too um so with athletes, you know, they're going to need a little bit more power, speed, and agility training stuff like that. They're probably going to get a lot more of a periodized, uh, you know, blocks of more specific uh, focus based on whatever they need. Um, they're probably going to be working a little bit more like closer to maximum effort lifts and stuff like that as they get more experience. I'm um, probably going to push them a little bit harder because a lot of a lot of the guys I have are younger. You know, they're 18. 17, 18 years old, and they can they can handle a little bit more, uh, a little more volume, a little bit could be pushed a little bit more than the the general population. You know, moms that I work with, um, their conditioning is typically different. You know, and it can be a lot more specific based on their sports. So actually, I find that uh, athletic, you know, athletes are easier to train for because they have a, a goal in mind mm. rather than just kind of an ambiguous, I want to look better naked kind of goal. <laughs> Yeah. And then the, the general population is just, it, I typically do a little bit more, um, you know, at first I start them out very basic, but then they get more of a wide array of movement and exercise variety than like say an athlete would, would need, mm. uh, athletes typically, you know, they're going to be doing their, you know, kind of similar s- squat, uh, deadlift kind of thing like that, where a uh, general population, I feel that, you know, if you sit around and, uh, you work at a desk all day, then you're probably going to need a little bit more, um, variety. You know, you don't have gym class and stuff like you used to when you were a kid. So the general population will get more of a, like, you know, your maximal loads, they won't be lifting for their PRs every day. They're going to, but we do occasionally test that. And that's a really fun time, especially with the women that I, I train. Mm-hmm. They love going, uh, they love when it's like PR day for deadlifts. Mm-hmm. So test their their one rep max. Um, And and occasionally we'll throw in like the, you know, the show muscles. We'll, we'll do some arms and abs and glutes and all that stuff. And then the big thing with the general population is I don't, I try not to kill them all the time. That's kind of my, my main philosophy. I, I, you know, I don't want to overload them with intensity and volume and everything like that because they already have enough stress in their life. They a lot of times can't recover from it.
0: Mm. Well, let me ask you this. Some of it. Yeah, go ahead. Let me, let me ask you this real quick is, you know, when, when, someone is new to fitness and they're not really sure how to go about uh, a workout routine, a workout program, and you gave some great uh, ideas and suggestions. Um, first of all, assessing who the person is, right? And and what specifically would you, if this person doesn't have a trainer, what would you advise them to assess? Yeah. Um. Well,
1: so I... Like you said earlier, I'm a functional movement specialist, a uh, function, uh, functional movement screen. It's um, I call it my roadside sobriety test for, for movement because uh, it's funny because people kind of, you know, it's like you push them to their edges of ability and joints, um, ranges of motion. It's basically like uh, it's seven seven tests, you know, squats, um, lunges, hurdle steps, uh, shoulder mobility, core tests, stuff like that. Um, straight leg raise. So you, you can take them through that and you kind of find like where their weaknesses are at, where they they don't move quite as well as they should. It gives you an idea of what they need as far as um, movement and what to stay away from. So someone that has like poor shoulder mobility uh, probably wouldn't get um, a lot of like overhead presses and things like that. So you kind of have to have some background in that. This is where like the, having a, a good coach comes in to play. Otherwise, you don't really know a lot. I'm surprised by how many people uh, have shoulder pain for instance and uh, they have no mobility in their shoulders yet they love like things like you know they'll do overhead presses with a barbell and stuff like that that irritate it but they don't quite realize it so that's where mm. having a good coach really comes into play um, so we'll do that we'll do some kind of fitness testing I a lot of times I will um, I just actually had a couple come in over last weekend and they're training for like some Spartan races and things like that oh, yeah. and tough mm-hmm. mutters, and so I wanted to see where they're at. You know, can uh, can they do chin ups? Can you know how many push ups can they do? And then I, I put them on a an aerodyne bike, and put a heart rate monitor on both of them. And I had them do you know uh, it was like a six minute ride. I just wanted to see where you know what their heart rate looked like when they were pushing it pretty hard, um, where their anaer- anaerobic threshold was, and then after that I want to see how well they could recover from that that hard effort, because um, that tells me a lot about it. Um, it's kind of funny the guy the guy that i was testing he uh he killed it on the bike he went really hard and, and put out a lot of um a lot of work and his heart rate you know was it was pretty steady um but then afterwards it took him and it took him like six or seven minutes to recover from that where his girlfriend that came in she didn't put out nearly as much power or anything but she recovered within about a minute and a half so so that mm-hmm. tells me two different things like she probably needs a little bit more power, strength, and, and work capacity where um, where the guy probably needs a little bit more focus on recovery. So that's kind of how I would start. And then from there, you know, it's it's all, all those questions I, I asked earlier, age and experience and what you're looking for
0: and all that stuff. Very good. Excellent. And, and as you know, and uh, as I probably know as well, there's many types of workouts, right? And... Mm -hmm. is there any particular one that you would say is better than another or it really depends on what the person needs?
1: Yeah, no, I haven't really found anything that's necessarily better than the others. I use about, you know, anything that I can get my hands on. I use kettlebells, I use barbells, I use dumbbells, I use bands, and I have some chains. We have battle ropes and bikes and all kinds of stuff like that. So we'll use anything as far as the tools go. Um, the way, the, the secret is kind of in the way that you put it all together in what you're trying to accomplish. So you need to kind of respect um, exercise physiology and and realize what, um, what you're doing, and, like what kind of adaptions you're trying to create with that particular exercise. So like things like, um, you know, squats or something. So if you took a, you had someone do a set of, uh, like eight sets of, Watts, you know, uh, two reps, say it so. Mac pretty, pretty high efforts or whatever. That's not going to create the same adaptions as two sets of eight reps at a slow tempo. That's two totally different things. Same, same tool, two different exercises. Um, so you kind of have to understand what you're trying to do so that, you know, the, the woman in that, in that case is probably going to get, um, maybe a little bit more strength training and um, something that probably would take her out of her element, actually. So that's kind of funny because a lot of times people like to do what um, what they're already good at. So she's probably not going to be great at lifting heavier weights and things like that. Um, so I'm going to try to build some work capacity and some strength with her where the guy, I'm probably going to push him hard for a quick amount of time and then make him recover. And he, he was re- really stiff as well. So that's where the functional movement screen comes in. I know like what kind of correctives he needs to help him move a little bit better. So I would do something like, for instance, um, for him we might do some like a sled push to really get that heart rate up. Um, it's a safe exercise; he's not going to hurt himself on it. It's going to spike his heart rate, and then I'm going to have him immediately go to uh, some kind of shoulder corrective exercise to help him recover, but also get some good mobility work into to help him keep him safe. So. Yeah, there's so many different ways you can take training, um, and I can't. You know, you can use a CrossFit kind of model. You can right. use you know kettlebells. You can use pretty much anything, but um, you know you have to kind of understand what you're trying to create with uh, what kind of adaptions you're trying to create.
0: Cool, and and you know I, I can uh, tell that you have a lot of experience when in designing workout routines. So let me pick that brain for a second and say, there's this client of mine or there's a person who's listening right now and he is needing to uh, help this person uh, or this person needs some help uh, with some weight loss right and they are you know um, in their 30s maybe 40s they um, haven't been to a gym in a while and uh, they just want to get into a program that eases them in but at the same time Helps them lose weight. What would you suggest uh, for this type of person?
1: Yeah, this is this is tough. Like this is much more difficult than an athlete, I think. Um, it, it's not about it's not necessarily about the exercise as much as I mean we all know this. It's more about um, the food choices and and the rest of our lifestyle. The the gym definitely helps and it, it you know helps make for a better looking uh, naked person, but it <laughs> doesn't necessarily it's it, it's a smaller uh, chunk of, smaller piece of that pie. The the big change you're going to get is in um, habits and stuff like that. What I do like to create, um, my angle is like I I think our gym is very fun. Um, I don't take myself very seriously. I, I like how the um, people kind of joke around with me and, you know, um, and I'm totally fine with that. It makes for a comfortable place for them to be. So I have a lot of women that, you know, typically don't like the bigger gyms and they're very, Uh, they come in self-conscious, they don't know what they're doing, and then I start showing them exercise and and teaching them what to do, um, and just just create a, a place that they like to come to more often, and I think over time, it's, it's one of those things that doesn't, doesn't necessarily, um, you know, create change super quickly. Like, I think I could probably kill them with a ton of work and super high intensity, and, starve them for the first two months and they would see awesome changes but all you're going to get is about two months of of uh changes and then they tend to fall back you know they they can't keep up with that kind of intensity and and um, starving themselves that long their motivation runs out so what i like to do is just create a a better human over the course of a a year and i tell people right up front I, i try to get them into 12 months agreements just because of that fact i I don't believe good fitness uh is made in two months i don't care how good of a trainer you are unless you're training for a specific goal like if i had someone that was training for you know some kind of race and it was two months out that's a different story but if you're training for fat loss then it's it's kind of keep it simple at first get them comfortable with doing the basics like squats and deadlifts and stuff like that with light weights and kettlebells and stuff like that stuff that they can uh um, you know that they're not going to hurt themselves with, and teach them the basics, and keep progressing on onto that, and give them more and more complicated stuff as time goes on, and and uh, and that's pretty much it, and then you just kind of build from there.
0: Very good answer, and and I really really like the way you are approaching this person because it is certainly not about having an overnight type of change because it didn't take overnight to get to that point and and therefore it's going to take some time. And so I like the long harvest approach, if you will. Yeah. Thank you. So in addition to all that, do you know, uh, I know that there are people who are listening to this and they're like, man, um, what's wrong with my workout now and how can I improve it? Right. So what could you tell someone who's like, you know, maybe doing something uh, great, but they're not seeing any more results.
1: Yeah, so kind of have to look at what you are doing. um, Look at it objectively. Figure out what you're good at, and like I said earlier, you're probably doing stuff that you're already good at. I know I've fallen into that rut so many times, and I still do. I probably need a little bit more cardio in my workouts, like more uh, aerobic stuff, and uh, that's been kind of a focus the last few months for me because I'm I'm, going to be riding a 100-mile mountain bike race at that mm, in this fall, during I'm sorry, uh, 100 mile bike ride this fall in September. So mm. I need to get on that. Um, so, but I still, I, I end up doing you know heavy deadlifts and Turkish get-ups and stuff like that that I kn- that I know I'm already good at. So uh, I'm going to be transitioning into more of the stuff that I'm not very good at. So be objective with that. Um, I would use you know I, I actually like using some technology for that. So our gym uses heart rate monitors. Um, not everyone, but whoever whoever bought one um, has a, a polar heart rate strap, and it shows it up on the TV screen. So it um, shows me, uh, like, exactly where they're at as far as, um, you know, whatever workout we're using. Uh, so that's been very helpful, especially working with small groups because you'll have maybe, for instance, someone that's super fit, like a, maybe a big, strong guy doing the same conditioning workout as uh, a as, uh, you know a smaller woman and that woman feels like she's about to die and puke <laughs> or puke and die and the guy you know is barely breathing. so having an you know understanding where you're at and that also helps with um, kind of pushing you too sometimes when I when I'm doing my workout and I notice my heart rate's just too low I'm not pushing it enough that makes me kind of kick it up a little bit more. Um, so using that and then incorporating it into say our conditioning I like using uh, heart rate monitors for conditioning we'll we'll you know spike our heart rate and then we'll try to I'll bring it down to a certain um, place. Um, so we can get them into a so they're, so they're not working too hard basically I, I find a lot of women especially they love to work really hard and they they actually don't understand how to how to work hard in, in short periods of time and then rest. they want to keep going? Mm. Um, so if I, if I actually had to say one thing that I've noticed is is women, women <laughs> I'm gonna lay it out there, women are uh, working too hard most of the time. They don't understand how to kind of take it easy and, and go um, search for intensity rather than um, just feeling like garbage the whole workout. So I'd rather have them push really hard create that, um, that stimulus of, uh, you know, lifting the extra weight and stuff like that and, and, and pushing the intensity on their, their, uh, say their aerobic conditioning or whatever, um, their cardio and then backing off and trying to recover. Uh, and that's where like having heart rate monitors comes into play. Um, so I, I that's one big thing that I notice that people do. And I think just adjusting that, Um, knowing where you're at as far as your heart rate and stuff like that is a big thing. Uh, it could help, help improve, you know, just the way you feel after your workout. So you're not just completely trashed when you're done with your workout.
0: Cool. I totally agree with what you just said. So how do you design your workouts with your clients?
1: All right. So when I'm putting together workouts, um, is usually how I, I kind of structure it from the, from the start to the beginning. A lot of times I'll have people come in and they'll do foam rolling, things like that. Um, you know, just they'll come in and, and roll out if they have any tight muscles or whatever. It makes them feel good and gets them just kind of slowly moving, especially in the wintertime. I like getting them moving as quickly as possible. And then I'll have them like hop on an aerodyne bike and just ride slowly or they'll push the sled slowly just to get some um, body heat in them. Um, and then from there, a lot of times we'll go into some kind of p- positional breathing drill. Um, so I'm, I'm studying this Postural Restoration Institute uh, material, and it's very cool stuff. And they talk about basically how us as humans love our right side of our body. We tend to bias towards our right side of our body for whatever reason because um, we're kind of asymmetrical people. We have a heart on one side, liver on the other, and left brain controls you know, uh, more motor function and stuff like that. For whatever reason, we tend to love our right side. And you can see that in a lot of people. So uh, learning more about this stuff is – Has uh, led me to doing more of this positional breathing stuff, which I found has helped. People don't really know what I'm doing with it. They're like, why are we doing this breathing thing again? And I just tell them to just go along with it. So, if you, uh, uh, anytime you can kind of chill out and and breathe before you start and get in some good breaths, that's a great thing. Especially if you're a stressed out human being, um, it's a good way to shut down before your workout they shown that stressed out people don't learn very well and you know and, and strength training for a lot of people is it's a learning experience um, so yeah so with the general population it's it's kind of more getting them into a better position and for like an athlete the the, posh, the positional breathing drills might help to like shut down their back a lot of a lot of athletes are very extended through their back so that they usually dig that um and they'll go into some kind of movement prehab kind of stuff. So if they have any particular issues, like that guy, for instance, he would do uh, maybe some kind of shoulder mobility stuff and, and whatever else to to get his shoulders kind of working a little bit better, get his shoulder blades moving. Um, a lot of this stuff kind of looks yoga-ish in a way. It just gets them to, you know, maybe in positions that they wouldn't have found themselves throughout the day while sitting at their desk. Get the glute activation, some serratus. Um, teach them how to move their arms and legs without moving their torso and stuff like that. So we'll do things like dead bugs and bird dogs and stuff like that in that, um, in that section. And then from there, we move on to some like low-level movement patterning exercises. So what that would be like if we were going to do a, maybe a squat day, if we are going to do some kind of bigger squats, I would actually have them start out by doing some kind of smaller like Reaching squats, which I, I find very helpful, are like a like a heartbeat squat. So when you squat down, you kind of push the kettlebell out, and it helps turn the core on and gets you deeper into your squats. And I find that that patterns people and makes their, their squats look better when we actually do, when it's time to go heavy on, on the squats. We'll do that, you know, with, like, half-kneeling exercises. Uh, and we'll, we'll pair that with, like, our lunges to help. Half-kneeling kind of helps the lunges, and then we'll use, like, uh, say, kettlebell swings and some shoulder stability exercises before we do um, kettlebell snatches. So that's just some of those for the low-level movement pattern uh, patterning exercises. And then we get into, like, more of the strength training stuff. And actually for athletes, this is where we put in our speed and power work. I would probably do some kind of, like, kettlebell jump squats and box jumps and all that stuff you see athletes doing for a lot of the general population. People uh, tend to go into more – that's where we just go into strength training, get into some full body training. And uh, because a lot of people only see me twice a week, we do the whole body all, all you know, at once. We'll do some pushing, some pulling, upper body, like squats and deadlifts and stuff like that. We'll train our core to resist rotation and, and extension. And we'll train you know do some creating extension and rotation and stuff like that. Uh, and then we get into conditioning. And this is kind of where I've been really studying a lot. Lately and we'll do either, like, a really high-intensity um, – we'll, t- we'll test them, you know. We'll, uh, this is good for, like, testing their, you know, group camaraderie and stuff like that and, and working their anaerobic capacity. We'll do, like, you know, circuits of, say, 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off of, like, the really tough exercises, so, like, airdynes and ropes and sled pushes and stuff like that. So make them really work hard. I don't do this one very often. We usually – you know, this is, like – every couple of weeks we'll do something really hard like that because people really like it, but it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of work and uh, I wouldn't want to live like that. I wouldn't want to do that all the time. And then we'll go to uh, a lot of times we live in like the medium s- circuit. So we'll do uh, they will do easier exercises um, that keep their heart rate not like spiking through the roof. And we'll do like uh, a little bit shorter work and more rest. So we'll do like 20 seconds on, 30 seconds off, stuff like that too. Increase their aerobic capacity and general strength, and then uh, and then a final thing that I really like to do is like just sprint intervals. So we'll do really tough exercises like the bike and ropes and ball slams and sleds and stuff like that, and we'll do that for max intensity, which is awesome, for, especially for women because they don't they've never really thrown slammed a ball at the floor as hard as they can, and they, they, it's funny they get that that look in their eyes like they really like it. <laughs> and then uh, we'll do like bike sprints and stuff like that, and we'll do those for like six to five to 15 seconds somewhere on there and uh, with about a minute rest in between and that's going to build you know your power and, and actually aerobic capacity because you never really spike the heart rate super high and it teaches you how to recover and all that stuff so that would be kind of my example of a full workout and, and that's how my mind thinks when I put together my workouts.
0: Very good and you know I have to say that um, a lot of what you are doing Sharing with us is scalable, which means that a new beginner can actually do what you said, and then as they get more fit, increase uh, the level um, as they get in shape. Is that what you're saying as well?
1: Yes, absolutely. So everything I think of, any exercise I put into my program, I always think of at least you know one or two regressions. So I have people that are super strong, and they're working out with people that can't. You know, someone that can squat. Three hundred pounds or whatever, and then I've got someone that can't even lunge by themselves, and they're all working out together. You know, you just have to be creative and know your regressions and progressions, and and uh, it's tough with groups. But yeah, this is this is a good template for pretty much anyone. Very
0: good. Um, we're actually getting to the end of the show, um, Jake. If you can believe it. But um, I wanted to oh. take your brain just one more time and ask you: Do you have three fitness tips that you could share with our audience? Three fitness and wellness tips.
1: First, sure. um, let's see, three. Uh, br- breathe in and out through your nose during your warm-ups, especially. But I would like I like to challenge people to continue breathing in and out through your nose for as much of the workout as possible. Um, when it gets really tough, people end up opening their mouth and mouth breathing. So I challenge people to breathe in and out through their nose. Uh, that just helps to kind of not get you to that point where you're exhausted. Um, I like to – and then on the flip side of that, we like to shut down at the end of the workout. So I love when people do things like crocodile breathing. It's just like lay down and relax and breathe slowly, big, long exhales. And and I, I tell them I want to see some drool on the mats that they're, they're so relaxed that they're drooling on the mats. And that's just a nice way to walk out of your workouts if you've ever done yoga. Uh, they like to take you through and massage your, your neck and all that stuff. And you walk out of there so relaxed. And that's how I like to kind of end my workouts. Um, and then the final thing is when you're designing your, your programs, um, try not to mix your strength workout with like a super high intensity, you know, um, really metabolically demanding finisher. So if, if you're working on your strength stuff, don't mix it with like, you know, uh, something that's going to almost make you puke at the end of your workout, try to keep those separate. If you're going to go hard one day, go hard uh, and, and do your, your your really tough workouts separately from your your strength and, uh, and say, easier conditioning stuff.
0: Excellent. Good stuff. That's, that's uh, really, pretty much it. That's great. I um, agree with m- many of that, so that's really good. Um, so, Jake, how do people get a hold of you?
1: Um, I have a couple websites. I have uh, Spark Fitness Culture, Dot com, and that's my gym. It also takes you to sparkmovementfit.com. Same same website. Uh, you can find out more about me there. There's uh, probably links to Facebook pages and, and stuff like that. You can check that out. I usually update my Facebook page for the gym quite often. There's also uh, Jake Stefanich on Facebook. You can see me, see me there front me and all that stuff. And then... Um, I mean that's pretty much it. I have a BMX website as well. There's probably not a ton of BMXers that listen to your to your show, but if there is, you can find some um, some athletic information on there. I uh, write for, you know, it's not even just BMXers, really. It's uh, it's also about coaching, you know, and, and parents and stuff like that. How to how to work with your athletes and develop them into a, a healthy, you know, young kid and that has some athletic potential and and not burn them out when they're young. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, um, just from this podcast, I know that you could share a lot more, and uh, we may have to do another episode down the road. Um, I'll have to get out to Sandwich, Illinois, someday as well, and check out what you do. But uh, this was—I very- would love to. Yeah, and uh, really appreciate uh, you sharing your time with us. So have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, you're so welcome, Eric. Thank you. Hey, it's Eric Sue again. Before I close the show, I'm excited to announce an upcoming three-part series with Dr. Andrew Hopkins about fitness, nutrition, and living a healthy lifestyle. Dr. Andrew was on episode number 30 if you missed his first show with me. This three-part series will be released in early March, so look out for it. Now to the close. Thank you so much for joining us today on Healthy Living with Eric Sue. Head over to ericwsu.com for full recaps of every show and Eric's health and wellness blog. Your healthy living is waiting for you, so stay active and be safe.